That's it. I'm on now. Good. It's good to be heard. <laughs> Are you enjoying the studies through Joshua? Um, it's stuff that I've preached around the world over the years. Very different today, of course, but um, it's, it's a book which stirs my heart because it's God getting hold of a man and a nation and taking them into what he wants for them. And that's exactly what God's doing for us. He wants to get hold of us and take us on into what he's already prepared for us. So that's the challenge, and that's what we want to do. And I'm going to be knocking stuff over here if I'm not careful. Um, So we're just looking at a couple of verses this morning in Joshua 1 and verse 6 and 7. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, there are conditions if we want to have victory. I'm not a loser. You're not a loser, because with God, you are more than a conqueror. So the victory is ours. But we don't get that victory through uh, our own self-confidence. It's not sort of pulling ourselves up and saying, grip my teeth, I'm going to do it for God. Sometimes it feels like that, if I'm honest. But it's doing it in the confidence that God is with us. That God has equipped us. That he's enabling us. That he's gone before. And he's giving the victory. So, for Joshua, he's got the promise of leading the people into the promised land. They've been going around the wilderness 40 years and now it's breakthrough time. And he gets this further promise and affirmation. You will. Now that says it's going to happen. Not you might, it's, or it's a possibility, but you will. Now when God speaks like that, he's already determined it, it's settled, it's a done deal. So he can go with great confidence then. This promise in charge has already been given to Joshua through Moses. We saw that back in Deuteronomy 31 verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go. It's not a choice. It's a must. You must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it. So it's not just getting into the land, but it's doing something with it. It's not just getting into the building, but it's what God will have us do with the building once we're in it. That's where it's going. You must divide it among them as their inheritance. You see, it's not just getting across the Jordan, it's settling the land. God sees beyond the immediate problem or challenge. He sees the end product. When God says it, it's done. God knows how much encouragement and support we need. No, because we're pretty feeble creatures at times, aren't we? You know, we get up with all sorts of enthusiasm and passion and then we get weary and we get the odd knock back and we, 
we want to put our toes up and quit. No, you can't do that. Because God wants to encourage us. And he puts all the support and encouragement around us that we need. He gives it. So, verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Joshua has to be strong and courageous. You were hearing about that last week. Leadership and Christianity is not for wimps. Now, when you think of Christians, Christianity, what do you think of? Forgive me, little old ladies sat in church being looking very pious. Or do you see a people of God raised up to take the nations? I see the nations. And that's what we're to go for in the name of Jesus. How do we find strength and courage? Let me give two brief comments. David strengthened himself in the Lord. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. David was greatly distressed. You can get down. I mean that's normal. We are human, but we're transformed humans. We're Christians. He was distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. I think that would get me down too. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But, always get the but in there. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Some of you may want to discuss that in groups this week. How do you do that? And secondly, he also received help from Jonathan. 1 Samuel 23 verse 16. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. We need one another. When did somebody last help you find strength in God? When did you last help someone else find strength in God? It's our responsibility. That's what fellowship is about. We need one another. But the promise is absolutely sure. Yea and amen. But it's conditional. Obedience is essential. And verse 7 tells us that we've got to be careful to obey all the law. So what does that mean? Well, it's the law of Moses. The law that Joshua saw Moses giving, Ten Commandments, but then being worked out amongst the community. It's the law. But, no, we're not under the law anymore, are we? We are under grace. Hallelujah! I'm free! Yeah, but the law is still true. We're under grace, but the law isn't banished, it's fulfilled in Jesus. So we still have that responsibility, we still have that um, need to fulfill the Lord. It's the covenant. Ah, but it's the old covenant, and we're under the new covenant. No, it's one covenant in two parts. We're still under those binding promises of God. Even more reason for us to obey that today. It's in his word. We're going to hear a lot more of that next week, I hope. But it's the authority of the Bible. It's the command of the Lord and of his representatives. There's no excuse for disobeying God. We may mess up. We can get it wrong. But there's no excuse. The only answer is we come in confession, in repentance, 
and move on. We've got that in Jesus. But no excuses. If you look through the, the Bible, go to a concordance, an electronic one, it's much quicker, and you'll find about 140 references in the Bible to being obedient, to obey. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. What does that mean? It means do what is written. James says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's doing all the word of God. You know, Paul speaks about preaching the whole counsel of God. Too often today, I see people getting focused on very narrow little bits. They pick out the bit that they like, and that's exciting, that's good. We'll do that, and they ignore the rest. We daren't do that. It's the whole of the Bible. And we mustn't turn from it. We can start with the word and then go off and do our own thing. No, we can't. We stick with it. Deuteronomy 28 verse 14 says, Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. It's so easy, so tempting to get drawn aside. Beware of the shortcuts. Joshua 22 verse 5. This is further on in the taking of the land. But be very careful to keep the commandment of the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. You see, it's there. It doesn't run out. It's not time-dated. It goes on and on. To love the Lord your God. To walk in obedience to him. To keep his commands. To hold fast to him. And to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. What a challenge, eh? Joshua's strength and Joshua's great success depended fully on the Lord. So obedience brings success. Obedience leads to the breakthrough that we could only ever dream of. Are there things that you're wanting to see happen in your life? Things that you think, well, maybe God's put that before me. Obedience will lead you into it. It's the key to it. The call to, the, the call to obedience to the Lord is a first priority. And obedience to God leads us to places that we would never come to in the natural. 1 Kings 2 verse 3 Walk in obedience to him. And keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. It's a sort of refrain that's picked up in a number of places through scripture. Now, hear me carefully. We're not talking here about legalism. You know, some of us have tasted legalism in the past, where it's all about keeping the, the law and doing the right things. No, God saved us from that. We're living under grace. No, it's grace to grace. There is freedom in Christ. I love that song. Um, once we were uh, only breathing, now we're alive. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? 
It's a bit like that. My chains fell off. I'm free. We're free of the law. We're not in bondage to it. But we've still got to be obedient. Do you see the tension there? We can't get away from it. It's not one or the other. It's both and. We are free to choose to obey. Isn't that what it is? That's where we need to be. What's the place of faith and obedience? Surely we we just walk in faith. That's okay. Oh, I'm in faith. Hallelujah. No, it's faith and obedience. Faith, can I put it this way, is not enough. Well, write me off as a heretic. But yet we need faith. It's by faith we're saved through grace. And we need faith because that's the vision, that's what keeps us going through. And it's God who gives us that faith. And we can pray, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, strengthen me to obey. You see, it's that faith for obedience. There are some things that God calls us to do, which without faith, we think is totally crazy. Absolutely nuts. Now, God isn't nuts. He doesn't call us to do insane things, although he, he will call us to do strange things at times. God doesn't want you to fail. Do you know that? Get hold of that. Because that then gives confidence and boldness and stirs up the courage in you and you will see success. I think one of the things that uh, grates on me these days is the lack of confidence in God. Everything is introspective is what I feel it's what I've done and we've got to get to that place where it's God God alone and when we move with God you can't fail oh we'll have our disappointments it's not an easy ride but it's the way to victory Joshua when he went into the land they had lots of battles they had to fight and they didn't win them all At least not at first. There are times of testing. There are times of difficulty. But you look for the victory. Which is ours in Jesus. So what's this going to look like for Joshua as he steps out in obedience? Let's just look at a couple of what I think are great examples to demonstrate his courage and obedience. One, he got across the Jordan. Joshua 3. He tackles an impossible situation. The river is in flood. It's not a nice little fordable stream. It's in flood. You don't go near it. And Joshua's got to get millions of people and their goods and their livestock. He's got to get them across the river to the other side. Oh yes, we're in Christchurch. We can lay a Bailey's Bridge, can't we? No, that's not the answer. God steps in. It's not an engineering solution. It's not just a faith solution. But it's a faith that led to obedience. Maybe you just read it. Joshua obeys the Lord. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, 
You are to move out from your positions and follow it. It's got to be action. Then you will know which way to go. Since you've never been this way before. (laughs) But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will be, do amazing things among you. Let me just pick out a few thoughts as we consider this. He set out. Verse 1, it was early. He didn't prevaricate. He didn't put it off. He didn't have to get down and say, well, you know, what do we do here? And you know, hold uh, ten committee meetings before they come up to a half-baked decision. No, he gets on with it. But he did take time to prepare. He got the people together. Secondly, we see he delegated. He got leaders together and gave them direction. And they had to look to the ark. The ark signified the presence of God in their midst. And they followed the ark. They put a distance between the ark and the people so they could all see it. And they didn't want to uh, corrupt the ark by getting too close. There was a holiness about it. But what's happening is they've just got to follow God. Now, we understand something about that, don't we? We listen to she who must be obeyed on our sat-navs. It makes it easy. If we do that when we're driving, how much more when we're living, we listen to what God's saying. then you will know which way to go. Since you've never been this way before. That's exciting, isn't it? I like going places I've never been. It stirs something up in me. But it's nice to know that I'm not going there alone. (laughs) There's consecration amongst the people. It's a holy task they're about. Yeah, they're going into battle. Well, they will get into battle, but they're getting across the river. And they're consecrated to God. They need to know that they're in that good relationship with the living God. And then, as you go on from verse 6 on, Joshua is encouraging the people and he prophesies over the people. He brings them God's now word to build them up, to encourage them. Let's pick it up again in verse 15. Here we find Joshua has um, obeyed the Lord. Now the people obey Joshua. And in their turn they're obeying God. Now the Jordan is at a flood stage all through harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap at a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan while the water was flowing down to the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests walk into the river. About time they own their keep, isn't it? Get them out there, get them in the river, and the water stops. It's amazing. They're obeying what God said and they get the result. The water's back up there. It may have been an earthquake or whatever. We don't know. But God did it. One way or another, he stopped the water and actually made the ground dry. 
Second time we know he did that, he did it for Moses too. But they all cross over. The water piles up when they stepped out and moved. It didn't happen before. They didn't have to get on the edge and hold a prayer meeting. Lord, you know, we want the waters to open. No, step out. Take decisive action. Walk in obedience. And then you'll see God do things. You'll never see it unless you step out. Yeah, I get frustrated that so many Christians live such dull lives. Step out. See God at work. That makes it exciting. It takes courage. But can you just imagine being one of those priests? You're there carrying the Ark of the Covenant and Joshua says, get in the water. It's a bit cold. Go. Okay, Joshua. And they walk into the river. And he says, stop. That's enough. The water's stopping now. And they have to stand there. And ten people, hundred people, thousand people, million people, another million people, they're all walking past. And they still stood there. How long is this going to last? Will I be alright? You know, it takes faith for them to stand there, doesn't it? And then they follow the people out. They all get across on dry land. That's fantastic. The leaders and the people obey the word of God. That's the first one. The second one is, they're in the land now. They've had a little bit of a problem at AI. Now they're into Jericho and uh, a big fortified city. What do we do? The Lord's command. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Yeah, he gets that promise. The deal is done before he starts on it. Isn't that fantastic? March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. (laughs) Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Oh yeah. (laughs) But they do it. They're marching around the city seven times, blowing the trumpets. I ask myself the question, why are they doing that? Why seven times? Wasn't two or three enough? the worship team are at work they use the worship team as the warriors I think there are some lessons there for spiritual warfare we don't need to rant at the enemy we don't have to shout at the devil we need to lift up the name of Jesus give glory to God then you'll see those walls collapse Give a great shout, a shout of victory. Our God is with us. We see it happen. Well, we go in Joshua 6, 6 to 10. You see Joshua's obedience. 
So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. And the ark of the Lord, Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout! And they did. They did what they were commanded. And the result, verse 20, When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Isn't that fantastic? As I said, the way forward is not always logical to us. But it's planned by God. Obedience is not always comfortable, but it opens doorways to breakthrough. Now just think of the significance of the fall of Jericho for the people of Israel as they were coming into the promised land. This is their first huge victory. An impenetrable city has fallen at the word of God. They're able to move forward. It's further confirmation to Joshua and to the people of God being with them and of God fulfilling his promises. So, I hope we're learning that we need to be obedient. Let me share something of what obedience has meant for me. I've got three W's. Word. Believe the word. One of the huge transitions in my life after I came to know Jesus was to trust the Bible for what it is. Billy Graham said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And I got hold of that and it transformed my life and still does. It's the word of God we trust. Not people, not churches, not organisations, but what does God say? Secondly, wife. Obedient in saying no to every other woman. That's what marriage is. Or every other man if you're a woman and that's a walk of obedience you don't have to do marriage counselling then you've just got a simple rule you obey you're committed to each other third work I had a nice job God said leave your job leave your company car leave your house lose your salary and follow me So it was a little decision I had to make with three small children and a wife whom God convicted of it as well, eventually. (laughs) But a call to ministry. Now you're not all going to get a call into ministry. But you all do have a call of God to do something. And sometimes it's quite costly. The fourth one doesn't begin with W but it's a commitment to the Holy Spirit. Obedience in worship, in 
Look, just raising my hands. Just the liberty that gives. It still gives a liberty today. You know, I feel quite different when I'm worshipping or when I'm worshipping. Try it. See if it makes a difference for you. Maybe some of you have never done that before. Well, do it. You can experiment with God. He doesn't condemn you for it. He generally blesses you for it. So get blessed. In worship, in gifts of the Spirit. Oh, for several years I taught strongly against speaking in tongues and gifts of the Spirit because that's what my church did. And then God convicted me and released me in a gift of tongues and gifts of the Holy Spirit and I've never looked back. It is revolutionary. And that has led into ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is power in the name of Jesus. And then I could go on opening up in terms of mission and community. But let me just say, the whole of life is a walk of faith and obedience. It's constant, it's ongoing. It's obeying the word of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. What does it look like for you? Saying yes will open doors of opportunity for you. What's God opening for you today? It requires hearing, it requires courage, and it requires obedience. But obedience actually results in courage. You can be praying for boldness and courage, but you don't actually get it until you try doing it. Then it's there in spades. You know, it's, it's powerful. It doesn't always feel brave to obey or to step out. Do you hear some of those uh, soldiers reporting back on D-Day, how scared they were? But they did it. They were obedient. And you may say, well, they didn't have any choice. But that's not the issue. You do it. And it's like that with God. We just need to get on with what God commands us. When God speaks, obey him. John 14, 23. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. You can't love Jesus without obeying what he says. John wrote in his second letter, chapter 1, verse 6. And this is love. That we walk in obedience to his command. Walk is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-off. It's a continuing action. And Jesus, at the end of Matthew's gospel, words you know so well. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them, what? To obey everything I commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You see, Jesus sends and equips. Do you know what day it is today in the church calendar? Pentecost Sunday. Whit Sunday. Pentecost. A time when the church around the world remembers the coming of the Holy Spirit. Or the release of the Holy Spirit as we see it in Acts 2. Promised by Jesus in Acts 1 and Acts, Acts 1, 5 and, uh, and verse 8 as well. And there is that command, you know, go. I 
give you my spirit. Now, command to be filled with his spirit. God is speaking. God wants us to step out into these things. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. How full of the Spirit are we today? Some people say we leak. I'm not convinced of that. I think we just, we just don't obey as often as we should. But the command is be filled with the Spirit. And I just want to give us that opportunity afresh this morning to do just that. To take a step of faith and obedience that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now maybe you've never been filled with the Spirit. You've never known what it is to be overwhelmed by the love and the power of God. As God comes by his spirit and just floods your whole being. It's a promise for all believers. We have to step into it. How often do I find people uh, who balk at that? They're afraid of many things. It's not perhaps what they've been taught in the past. They're afraid of emotionalism or of what God may do with them. They're afraid of strange things like speaking in a tongue, in a strange language. On the day of Pentecost, they all spoke in tongues. They all prophesied. We're living in a day when every believer can bring a prophecy. Matt brought us a prophetic word this morning. That was great. But we can all do that. We can all prophesy as the Spirit of God leads us. We can all... Be built up in our being with a personal gift of tongues. It's the only gift that's given for the building up of the individual. All the rest are for the church. Are you speaking in tongues regularly? Are you using gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you have that confidence and boldness in the name of Jesus to say, in Jesus' name, be healed and see it happen? Do you... Have that confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to evil spirits and say, Be gone in the name of Jesus. That's the sort of authority that God gives to us. This morning, if you want more of that, if you've never had it before, or you just need your spirit stirring, we want to pray for you. We want to minister to you. We want to see the power of God released in our lives in this place we want to be like a Joshua who is full of boldness full of courage stepping out in obedience to do what God's called us to do Amen Amen. let's stand together the worship team are going to come and just lead us in some worship but it's for us to respond to it And just as Joshua had to step out to go and take the promised land, just as all those those, those priests and all the people had to step into the water to get across the Jordan, sometimes we just need that encouragement to step out into a new place. And we can do that in a couple of ways this morning. 
You can step out where you are, and I would say physically take a step forward. I know it's tight with the chairs, but you can do that yourself and say to God, yes, I'm stepping in to what you have promised for me, and I'm going to receive that now for your glory. But there will be others who've never stepped into these things, or have never stepped into it in a a full way, or perhaps you've you just need some support this morning. You need a Jonathan to come alongside and strengthen you in the Lord. Then I want to encourage you to come out here. We can pray with you. We've got a, a ministry team here. But specifically today, do you step out on this Pentecost Sunday and say, Holy Spirit, come. I want more of you. Father, we want to thank you for your living and dynamic word. We thank you for its truth for its power, for its encouragement to us. But we thank you even more for what Jesus has done in giving us life. And we thank you for him sending your spirit to equip us and to empower us. And we have to confess, Lord, so often we feel weak, we feel helpless, we feel lost and inadequate. But we know that in you, we will be strong. We will accomplish mighty things for your glory. So, Holy Spirit, we say, come manifest yourself amongst us this morning. That we may be a people who know that we are full and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We ask this for the glory of our God. Amen. So as Joe and the team just lead us, can we make that response and uh, take that step of faith? Get more. There's more. There's always more in God, no matter how much you've had before. So let God do his work. Amen. Thanks, Joe.